Ready? Here mm-hmm. we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. I am Meredith Levy. <laughs> I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Darn us. It's us. Hi, guys. Guess what I think maybe I might... When I said guess what last week, you just like... I get so excited. last Sarah episode. I know. Did you not okay. learn You don't anything? have to guess. I know. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a while, and it might be another long while, but I, I think I might get a doggy. A doggy? Wow. A doggy. Not, not a bunny rabbit. Not a bunny rabbit. A doggy. A doggy. A doggy. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's no longer enough for you to live vicariously through your sister's doggies. You need to I mean, have your own. I, I Somehow I said it today and my sister was like, I still can't believe you don't have one yet. And I was like, yeah, me neither. I mean, I can <laughs> and it's both. It's It's a dialectic, but there's some doodle rescues that uh, I was looking at and yeah, doodle because I'm sure I've said I'm allergic to dogs and needs to be hypoallergenic. I also hate dog hair. So, (laughs) but we'll see, we'll see. I'm going to try and find a a doodle rescue. I also don't want an eight week old fricking puppy. I was just going to say, you're going to go for a puppy. That's a lot of work. Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) Definitely not. I've, raised two puppies and it was the most horrifying thing ever hence why i don't have kids i mean just in the beginning horrifying for me like not sleeping and whatever but they were so cute but i want a big ass one big ass is the title that they're called (laughs) a big ass doodle (laughs) it's part poodle and part big ass that's right it's a big ass doodle exactly you know franklin was a weimer doodle And we got him at eight weeks old and it was a lot, a lot of work. And then when we rescued Beckett, he was two years old. The day that we got him, we figured out was his actual second birthday. So it was really cool that we picked him up then. What was also really cool is we didn't have to potty train him. Like he instantly, this is good and bad, instantly knew how to use a doggy door, which was awesome. And the, the very first night we had him, he used the doggy door at about three in the morning to go outside and get yeah. skunked. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. I remember you telling me that is so right? insane. Oh my gosh. Was I that think the first the, night? That was the first night. The first night we had him, he Holy got skunked shit. at three in the morning. And I believe he got skunked something like three times in the first five weeks. Oh. Yeah. What? And he's since learned, he hasn't been skunked in years, which is great. <laughs> How but do you get it you. off him? Is it is it actually ketchup? No, that's that a that's bit? a fallacy. That's not true. In fact, Franklin got skunked once, and I remember calling <laughs> the, the like twenty four hour vet place and being like, "Hey, we just made a big pot of pasta. I've got this marinara sauce. Should I put it on him?" And they were like, well, the dog might love it, but it's not going to do anything for the skunk smell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing. Poor guy. He probably didn't care, right? I I mean, I don't know what he didn't like more, being skunked and having the smell or having me clean it off of him. I I really don't know. But I I do remember Franklin got skunked in the face a couple of times. Oh. 
and that was the time where I had the marinara sauce and was ready to put it on him is he came walking in from outside and his eyes were like dripping and he was snotting. Uh, like he, I mean, he, he just looked miserable. So I think that was pretty horrible. And maybe he did deserve the marinara because that would have been nice for him. I just looked up a skunk online and they're really cute. There are uh, interesting like, looking. Yeah, there are Ooh, a pet albino on... skunk on a walk. There's a picture <laughs> of a pet albino skunk on a walk. Yeah, if you get on the wrong side or the right side of TikTok, you will see there are skunks that have been de de stunk. I yeah. don't know, de skunked, <laughs> de stunk skunk, and they're really cute. There's one guy that I I had on my feed for a while that had this like really cute skunk as a pet, and it's got oh my god, that's so funny. And yeah, it's really sweet, but for the most part, they are the absolute enemy. Okay, well, speaking of absolute enemy. What you guys are going to jump into is this session where Sarah and I pick it up right after something we cut out for you guys, but she was talking about some family drama that was going on. So we skipped all that, which I don't know, you guys would probably love to hear, but it was too identifying. So it's not in there, but she was talking about this, this issue that a couple of her siblings were having and you will hear her. And again, if you've been listening along recently with Sarah, you can hear a lot of her progress and how she's not taking things on so much. And that's really reflected in right where we pick up, where you hear her after talking about the family drama, how she responds to that. It's pretty cool. Hope you think it's cool too. Hope you think we're cool because we're coming back in a little bit to talk to you. We're so cool. Bye. (laughs) Bye. As you're telling me about it, there's something really cool that I don't think you even clock, but I do, is that you were not mama bear. No. It wasn't for you to take care of and make sure they were okay. Aren't you proud of me? Look, maybe if I had been there, I would have been more heavily involved, but this has nothing to do with me. Mm. And I'm not going to fix it. This is not, you know, this is not a a new (laughs) situation. You saying like, aren't you proud of me, indicates that it's somewhat new to you, that you didn't go into that mode of keeping the peace. At all. Or making sure they were all okay. I want to say it's because I am learning and growing, but who knows? I feel that that their upheavals and their, their arguments are a lot less personal, not personal, but yeah, I guess personal is the right word because it does, I'm not saying, oh, okay, now I need to fix it. Normally... I would have reached for the Xanax, like instantly, because now I'm aware. And I didn't. I was like, hmm. oh, I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> I was like, I need to make wow. a note of this for Doug. How was that for you? It's weird for me because I just looked at it, felt it, and then just went back to work. That's never happened hmm. to me before. You're seeing it being different. You're not taking it personally on as in you're owning it as it's my problem. I need to guard, protect, fix, exactly. do something right now. Exactly. And it's seen through the anxiety, which allowed me to just be like, cool, <laughs> and go back to work. So that was actually really yeah. a, a, a nice feeling that I had. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I love that. You had said something that was really stuck in my mind, which was like, you need to allow people to be not okay. 
in a relationship, not always being like, are you okay? What can I do? How can I help? You know, let, let's fix this. Let's do this. Instead, just say, oh, you're not okay right now. And then in yourself being okay with that. Right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's something still to this day, Drew talks about, you know, wow, when you said allowing, you know, he calls it 10% disappointment. And I'd said like other people might be 10% disappointed in you. You know, can you allow them that 10%? There's another 90%. We will often fixate on that 10%. They're disappointed. Oh, that's not okay. Oh, I need to fix that. Oh, I need to make them better. I did something wrong. I'm not good enough. You know, we will personalize it and it will become the thing that we focus on. Yeah. When it's not, and we allow somebody to be disappointed, to be angry, to be whatever they, they are, and we just kind of go, oh, that's what you are? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Because you apologize, or you can say something like, you know, I'm sorry that I, I made you feel that way. It, it's not how I meant it. And then mm -hmm. the thought of just leaving it at that, that was, I think, the, the most amazing part, or, or the most sort of... yeah aha moment to me. Even with my kids coming to me with an issue, whether it's something I did or something that happened at school, hearing them out, letting them tell me the whole dramatic story, which is usually my daughter, and then saying, okay, you know, and, and just sitting with the feelings for a bit yeah. and allowing that is, yeah. is something that's really Love quite, that. it's a great life lesson. It is. And you're, you're actively experiencing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to say you're learning it because I, I think you are experiencing it and you're trying it out. It's exactly what we talked about where daughter can come to you crying after reading where, where the red fern grows or something. And mm -hmm. it's allowing her to feel that. Yep. She's not disappointed. She's affected. Yep. She might be sad because of, of she's reading something sad. Yeah. That's okay. That's a normal emotion, right? It's an extension of that. I'm going to double down on this a little bit. You know, I'm excited that you're seeing this and you're experiencing this. And I want to go a little bit deeper if we can. Because we're talking about not taking it personally, having it be someone else's problem or just someone else owning it. Yeah. We get in trouble when we try to take ownership of what someone else is feeling. It's different than taking responsibility and an apology. I do actually want them to know I'm sorry. Exactly. You want them to know you're sorry. So telling them, as you said a, a minute ago, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. It wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean that. Okay. Digging deeper, how does this one sound? Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. That is what you said. I'm sorry you feel that way. I want to right. get to there. I want to get to there. Yeah. I do. There's always a part of me that's just insta-apologize lady, right? If I can say sorry and make it better, that's my immediate knee-jerk. Does sorry make it better? No, but saying I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. Not I'm sorry mm. you feel that way, right? If, if, I'm, if I want to completely let go and say those are your feelings towards what I did and not be sorry. That's something I obviously still have to work on. <laughs> well, right. You can still be sorry. 
it's it's I'm sorry you're experiencing these emotions. There's a way to say it like a dick. Like, well, sorry you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't my problem. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is true empathy. There's a difference sometimes between empathy and sympathy where people go, oh, sorry you feel that way. That's your problem. That, that seems pretty shitty. Bummer. Yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry you feel that. I know what that feeling's like, and it's awful. And if I played some part in that to trigger it, you know, I, I, man, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry about that too. Okay. I'll take responsibility for my part, and I'm sorry you're feeling what you're feeling. So see, that was the it. piece I was missing there. Because I like, I'm sorry you are feeling that way. But if I did play a part in it, even unknowingly, there's a part of me that seems mm-hmm. like it would be kind of dismissive to just say, oh, I'm sorry you're feeling that way and not take any kind of ownership of maybe the fact you're right. feeling that way is because I said this in the wrong way or I, you know, acted in some way that, and, and again, without that, getting like- Well, hang on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't want to get caught in the semantics because what you're saying, uh, take ownership that, you felt that way because of what I did. Mm-hmm. No, no, you don't own that. You can take responsibility for contributing to it, for being a trigger for it, but they own what they feel and how they act and how they took it. They own that. Okay. You cannot take ownership of someone else's feelings. Interesting. It's Some people will want that, okay. but that's codependent. That's, that's their that's, problem. Right, that's their problem. <laughs> they can work that out with their therapist. I want you to get this part loud and clear. I am proud of you and thrilled that you're experiencing this. And it's great. I'm digging a little more at this because I think we can look at it a little deeper and look at it as it's not, some, it's not something to take personally. It's not something to take ownership of their feelings. You can own your part. In the past, I would have taken the entire thing on. I would have called a meeting. I would have sat them both down. I would have said, okay, how are we going to fix this? And instead, I was just laughing. I was like, "Um, that sounds not so fun for you, a little awkward for you. But I I didn't get involved. And and I I thought that that was interesting. Because it's, it wasn't, yeah. it didn't belong to me. I had no part of it. I'm seeing past the instant anxiety more yeah. to, these are things I know. And my logical mind knows that in the end, all of this is going to work out and be fine. Fine. But during that time, <laughs> right. I'm going through all mm-hmm. the possible horrific outcomes, Right. That definitely is the damage that we've been, you know, slowly delving into. But yeah, it's a good feeling, honestly. It's it's like a weight off my shoulders. You just did something. I want you to finish it. You took a nice inhale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a breath. Like take that. Take that breath. Like the full one. Yeah. Feel it. I feel it in my neck already. In my shoulders. I lean back <laughs> more often now. There's <laughs> there's so much less wow. just even in my body language. Yeah. There's so much less tension now. Yeah. It's crazy and and it's it's literally across the board. I'm starting to notice like, "Oh, I didn't freak out there." 
Interesting. It's realizing what's going on in your life, how your brain is working and trying to do it differently. Agreed. And you are experiencing it differently right now. Yeah. And in fact, That's I'm not amazing. telling myself to do it this way. Like it's not even like I'm saying, okay, here's a situation. This is what Doug's told me to do. Now I need to do. It's just sort of happening slowly, but really right. for sure, surely, right. because it's happening. Like I am feeling so much less anxiety just across the board from, you know, mm. talks with my daughter in her emotional states, which is literally every single day, to, <laughs> to dealing with my ex-husband. You know, there's just all the things, even with my eye surgery. It's, it's interesting because I had a lot of anxiety, unknown, I you know, looked up the procedure. And on the day of, I just threw my hands up and I was like, it's going to happen. Whatever happens is going to happen. And I literally can't do anything about it. And I think that was the first time I actually went, interesting. That is so not a Sarah reaction <laughs> to something. Right. Slowly but surely, we're getting there at least. Yeah, yeah <sighs> you really are. There's yeah, There was a breath yeah. right there. And that happened naturally. That version of you in May. Intense, dude. You wanted homework. You wanted data. You wanted to know. You wanted this. And I could have told you, here's what to do. And you would have done it. Mm -hmm. And had come back <laughs> and go, there, I did it. Am I cured? <laughs> you know? But I wouldn't have felt it. And it doesn't it. work that way. And I think that we're finally getting to that point where I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm just having less anxiety right up front. I'm starting to, right. and, and I can't explain right. exactly what I'm doing, but I, I honestly think it's just, <laughs> it's starting to happen. So that's exciting. I'm just starting to right. notice that without trying, my brain is learning to fold, fold a little differently. I just mm -hmm. decided that with coworker, I'm just going to let her feel her feelings and carry on living my life. I swear to God, everything has been completely fine ever since. Like every time she's upset, every time she's angry, I'm just like, is there anything I can do? And we've had zero bumps. Everything's been great. Work has been insane. And I've been working from home because I can't, you know, drive with the operation and stuff. And, and normally... I would just be so stressed out with so much anxiety, so hyper alert because I'm not at the office. I'm not, you know, seeing people's facial expressions when I say something. And I've had none of that, Doug. Right. But something did happen where we are short staffed. We need another person. Long story short, I sent the emails where my guy from the agency I came from says, yes, we have a bunch. Here's a bunch of resumes. Put me in contact with the person and we'll get it set up. Perfect. Forward it to them. This has been approved right in my email. My boss, he's copied on the email. So clearly this is all above board. The response mm -hmm. to this email was so intense, Doug. Regular Sarah, I would <laughs> right, have right. freaked out. So she responds, basically, how dare you 
go above me, behind me, around my back. You have no idea what's going on. We are doing blah, blah, blah. You know, this is just completely out of order. Like she was pissed at me for literally Mm. giving her what she's been looking for for two months. Pissed. Mm -hmm. I didn't even feel a knot in my stomach. I literally read it and I was like, wow, there's a lot of anger in that email. But I didn't, I didn't take it to heart, if that makes sense. Like I read it and I thought, boy, poor thing. Like if she's that angry at me for helping her out, that's clearly not my issue. And that was sort of a moment for me. I didn't even freak out. I I honestly didn't. It was crazy. It was pretty crazy. As you started telling this, mid-2021, Sarah came back. You were getting ramped up a little bit. You began enunciating. She literally asked me for, (laughs) like, literally what she wanted. I gave her 11 candidates. That took her three months to find. I did it in one day. I'm exaggerating, but I I heard you slip into that. I almost wanted to stop you so you could take stock of your body and what was going on. I could see you getting ramped up. I'm like, all right, let, let me let me just ride this out with her. Let's see, let's see where she goes with this. Noticing a version of me would have been triggered by it and would have gotten right back and taken it personally, taken it as you said to heart. Yeah. Right. You didn't. Mm-mm. And and then I saw you could just kind of like go back into that more relaxed zone that if I played that version of you to yourself six months ago, you'd be like, whoa. Oh, yeah. I probably would have passed out just telling you the story if this was six months ago. <laughs> right. But when you got to the end of the story, you seemed more relaxed than you have been about virtually anything. I was. That's what was so incredible to me. We've had a couple of really good real-time in-your-life examples of you actively working on this and unconsciously and consciously working on it and noticing it. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. Yay. I really do want you to, to acknowledge yourself, which you are. I mean, that's partly why you're telling me this. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. It really is. And it's happening naturally. Yeah, and it's afterwards that I realized, oh my gosh, I, I, didn't act, I didn't freak out about that. Like, what? Right. How? Oh, right. this is so awesome. My early 2021 Sarah would have instantly fired back. Boss has approved this situation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I did what I was told, uh-huh. right? The enunciation I would have highlighted. Yep. I would have copied and screenshotted all the things. And I just didn't. I love this for you. You still will do some of that. Inevitably, <laughs> it will happen. Having this sure. experience and this frame of reference for you, where it feels different and you're proud of this, you're telling me about this, like, wow, look at this. It's not just situational where you happen to be, it's you, period. You are changing. And when I don't take it on, the issue 
resolves itself almost. When daughter was really young, she like around two years old, she got into this thing where she would just start screaming and throwing a fit, like for everything, for the most ridiculous things. And I ended up just walking her to her room and closing the door. I would let her know when you're done, you can come out of the room. When you're ready to use your words, you can come back out and we can talk about it. And it instantly, well, within seconds of closing that door and walking away, I would hear her stop screaming and then I would hear the door click open and then she would walk out. And it was like all of a sudden, it was almost like that reverse psychology thing. Trying to get somebody to keep calm. So I'm going to control their emotions. I'm going to take on everything all the time for everyone that's exhausting, but I can do it, which you can't. No, I can't. And it feeds their fire and it stresses me out. So it's just a double lose situation. And now that I'm starting to see it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I went 40 years (laughs) without learning this. The fact that there is this realization in my mind now and this weight off of me is such an incredible thing. The other night, I even fell to sleep. Like I just laid down and fell to sleep, which has basically never happened to me in my entire life. Part of what's happening to you, it's very, very cool. And, And I'm so happy for you. It's sort of like that folded paper, like the the neural pathways in your brain. We're just creating new folds. Yep. The old ones will still be there and the new ones still need more experience. And we're doing that. Yep. So awesome. You're experiencing that I just fell to sleep. Oh, wow. Look at that. Maybe I do feel more relaxed. Maybe I can relax. Maybe I don't have to control everything around me all the time. And maybe bad stuff is still out there and I don't have to take it personally. This is new for you. And I love that as we're talking about all of this, the thing I don't hear you really saying is, God, why didn't I do this before? How come I couldn't do this before? (laughs) None of that, because you needed to be that for your survival to get through. We have a real appreciation and compassion for what you've gone through in most of your life. And where that got shaped and where that came from. I think my first big hurdle in our sessions, just acknowledging, taking, yeah. allowing myself to feel the, the sadness, the sorrow for that trauma survivor, or me as right. a trauma survivor, I deal with a lot of triggers So I feel like right now we're covering the trigger of, am I in trouble? Am I going to be punished? Is something bad going to happen to me? And how can I fix it before that bad thing happens? But I just wanted to like take a moment to appreciate what I'm noticing. It's starting to ease. It's wonderful. it's, It's a life that you can start living. We are walking through this. You are experiencing it. It is new. Mm hmm. It is amazing. It really is. I'm starting to see the wisdom in in the way that you've approached the fact that we both know I have some serious issues that need to be talked about and need to be dealt with. But first you gave me 
something to allow me not to instantly go and off myself after <laughs> we've had a conversation. And 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 I, I laugh, right. Right. but it's the truth. You dig into really, yeah. really dirty, awful, horrible things and you and I didn't have the tools or the tools I'm learning from you to then deal with that once your face is off my screen. Now it's just me right. and that. And I said to you, we're going to do it from two angles. We're going to go back to the past and look at some of those things. And we're going to stay in your present and look at some of those things, cognitively reshaping where we are now and compassionately looking at how we were shaped then and carry through now. Yep. You've been doing that. Mm -hmm. And we haven't opened floodgates and let it all pour out and you being a wreck all the time. You know, we're doing it. Our exactly. Way, and that was pace. my worry at the beginning. I had an agenda going into therapy, like, okay, I need somebody to fix me. I need to deal with this shit and I need to move on. And here we are. And mm -hmm. I am leaning back mm -hmm. in my chair. I am, you know, a full bottle of Xanax and it's the end of the month. This is incredible. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And how you are is my thanks. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> well, it's for the first time, it's actually not crazy. It's amazing, really. First time in a long time. And we're back. Hello. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what she was referring to when she was talking about not being mom bear and not taking it on, that was about her siblings fighting or her kids? No, her siblings. It was okay. the kind of thing okay. where she normally doesn't even wait for the problem to come to her. She will insert herself and she will. Right. And partly because that's the role, not only that she plays, but that they're accustomed to her in. And that's what she was yeah. kind of alluding to a second when she was like, yeah, they're kind of noticing how I'm changing. And you know what I mean? I do. Man, for those of you who, so we have a thing called the identified patient, right? And so it's the person that's quote unquote, like sick in the family or you know, or working on themselves. And as they start to get healthier, it causes a big. Um, discord rift discord. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other people then have to start looking at themselves because they're not focused on this person or that person. It's like, okay, so now what happens if Sarah takes a step back and she's not inserting herself, they have to figure it out themselves. And it's not always a conscious thing. It can be subconscious, but it can be very when you expect somebody to yell back or when you expect somebody to have a right. certain reaction right. and they don't right. do it. You're like, oh, it can be yeah. disconcerting for other people. And other people will get vocal about it and blame you for oh, being yeah. different. Yep. That's a lot of what I told her. And she listens to the Drew podcast, so she knows this phrase. How Drew loves uh -huh. saying, yeah, the 10% disappointment. It's allowing somebody to be 10% disappointed in you, even though 90% isn't. We sometimes focus on that 10% and blow it up because we want to make that better. And it's just allowing somebody to have that. And for Sarah in this, it was like, yeah, that's their problem. I'm learning not to fix someone else's problem and not to do it. It's what we were talking about with her the last session, like, carving new pathways. I think we did the folding paper thing for the new neural pathways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is new trail stuff that she's talking about, which is really cool. Yeah. And sort of on the Drew thing too, saying it's okay for other people to not be okay. Right. So we need to allow other people to not be okay. And it's someone else's problem and that's okay. 
Right. And that's what I was saying to her, like kind of saying it a certain way, because she <laughs> she even said we had that exchange where I kind of said, OK, you don't have to take ownership of someone else's feelings. You can say, sorry, you feel that way. And she was like, oh, I, I don't like that. It's too dismissive or it feels selfish because she wants to own her part, which I think was great. Yes, you can own your part in it, but you don't have to own what they're feeling and make that better. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry I made you feel that way versus right. I'm sorry you feel that way. It's hard. You know, I I think sometimes that conversation between people when, well, I guess if it's a conversation, it's between people. <laughs> that I'm sorry you feel that way. It can be condescending or it can be when someone else expects you to take responsibility for it or even maybe when that would be the most effective thing because you know you didn't make them feel that way however but for the situation if i say yeah. to you you're a fucking piece of shit i'm sorry you feel badly like okay you know what i mean like <laughs> right. it's hard there's a fine line sometimes i would probably say to you i'm sorry you have anger issues and feel the need to curse so much maybe you should look at that with sure. your therapist Right. But, yeah, I would if I had one. <laughs> I know. Hmm, maybe we should talk about that too. Hmm. I think the idea, like I was saying, that she feels it's too dismissive or selfish to not own her part. And I'm like, that's fine. And it's a matter of context. I mean, even if you right. said, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Okay. On the surface, if that's all you say, then the other person can turn around and make it your fault. Like, yeah, why did you do that? And it's not right. your fault. You might've been the trigger. So even if you said, yeah, I'm sorry I made you feel that way and that you got triggered, it's probably something else. All of this is projection. So Sarah going with the, no, I want to take ownership of my part. Okay. Well, maybe the projection is nobody owned their part in triggering you. Totally. And again, I think is the truth that nobody can make you feel a certain way? Yes. And no, Sarah being in a cult, that made her feel unsafe. That is true, right? So sure, there are situations, but for the most part, yeah, we don't have control over someone else's feelings. I mean, we don't. To me, that was the big thing. And this is almost where she took a breath, that idea of you don't take ownership of their feelings. You can acknowledge their feelings. You can acknowledge your part of their feelings. But to me, it was different. I loved, I loved that... <laughs> She started to take a breath and I pointed it out that she inhaled. She did like a, and then she never let it right. out. And it's so interesting that I think a lot of us do that. And I mean this literally and metaphorically, we will take in a big breath. We'll inhale something and take it on. We don't always take it out, let it out, exhale it. Right. So I notice a lot in sessions, if clients of mine take a deep breath, especially when they're telling a story or relating something, if they never exhale, if the exhale is just speaking, I'm like, wait, they didn't take a breath. And sometimes I'll stop them and say, hey, take a breath. And usually they just go, okay, so here's the thing. I'm like, whoa, you didn't breathe it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And she does later in the session, which is awesome. I hear her take the full breath. It's impactful when you're paying attention to it and you hear it and you show them that that's what's happening. I think at some point you said, yeah, I know what that feels like and it sucks. You know, yeah. something like that. And I was like, right. yeah, totally. Yeah. 
I did even jot down in my notes like, oh, oh, the deep breaths, hearing her do it just automatically was like, oh, cool. It's cool because I think she even said something like my brain is learning to fold itself differently, which is what we talked about the previous session with her. She's seeing that a lot of things are different for her, which is very cool. And she's even saying, I'm not even noticing that that's happening. It's just like, oh, next thing you know, it's just different. It's really cool to me. It's nothing new psychologically. I'm just rereading a book by Carl Rogers, if you in psychology know who he is. Again, it's going to make me sound well-read. I'm not. I'm listening to sure it on audio, so maybe I'm well-listened. Okay. But <laughs> there's, well, there was a quote that I loved that's attributed, I think he did say it because I think he wrote it, and I've said it before, probably on the podcast, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself as I am, then I can change, right? And mm-hmm. it's sort of meeting you where you are and accepting that, then you go right. ahead and change. What I think is really cool is I got called on that by a colleague of mine who said, right, you know, the second part of that, like, uh, what's the part? And he says, once we accept that this is how we are, then the change seems to come about almost unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's totally. what's actually happening to Sarah right now. And it was yeah. even really cool. Like, it, I'm sure you noticed it, Mary, but she started to retell a story and she slipped into old Sarah for a second. It was amazing how you pointed that out. And literally, it was so funny. I was laughing because just pointing out though that past Sarah sort of coming out and just that whole thing with the coworker and how it wasn't just that she didn't take it on. She didn't feel, she didn't have a visceral reaction. She didn't have that that anxiety or that <laughs> right. impulsive right. impulsivity to right. just respond and try and fix it all, which is phenomenal. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like the change, she was just kind of noticing like, wow, I'm different now. Huh? How did that happen? Yeah. That's where the change comes about unnoticed. She was just helping somebody out and somebody had such a reaction and she was able to kind of go almost like, wow, she's got problems. You know, not like, right. oh my gosh, what did I do? I triggered her. She's feeling bad. So I need to take that on. I need to fix that. I need to, she's not doing any of that. I mean, it might pop up but it wasn't hers. Even when I called her out for going into that enunciating and she, she called it too. And she said enunciating at the same time I did. Like she knew what I was calling out, which is awesome. I loved how her reaction was, oh my God, poor thing. This lady is like having this reaction. I feel badly for her. And that's when you know, when you have that sort of response, it's finding that compassion and sort of non-judgment as opposed to having that this has changed so much for me in my life. I used to get that, my stomach drops. I have a not in my stomach type feeling when, oh, when things yeah. occur, you know, and there was a lot of incongruency in my reactions. And over time, I'm just like, oh God, that must suck for that person to have this right. reaction. That, that email where she was like, how dare you? The old Sarah would take that on and would feel that and would also get charged up. Like you were saying, that drop in your stomach or that pit that you get, and like you take somebody else's feeling on and you feel it emotionally and you go through it too. Right. And it was, oh man, so cool that she's recognizing this and not taking it on, at least not taking it on as much. And it's very, very cool to me that she not only sees the change, but she even said, and I don't know if you caught this because it's not the phrase that I use to say it, but she said, and I fell to sleep. 
was so cute when she said that. And then you repeated it and you said, I fell to sleep. And in my mind, I'm like, is it I fell to sleep or I fell asleep? <laughs> and it can be both. I felt, you know, but I was like, huh, I had to rewind it. I was like, did she just say I fell to sleep? That was shocking for me to think that that is something so rare for her. And it just happened. She just fell yeah. asleep. I know. I, I loved that. I loved that. And she saying something that just reiterated that Carl Rogers quote that I gave you is she just kind of said yep. something like, I had to accept myself first for all the sadness and being a trauma survivor. And then I could get to this place. It was entirely that quote. Like I accepted myself, which is hard to do. She recognizes that she knows it. She's like, right, we had to dig and we had to get through this. And Man, there was all this stuff that she was guarded against and protective and didn't want to do, was so afraid to go to. And as soon as we accept, do you remember, Mary, when I like threw the word or the phrase trauma survivor on her and she hated it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hated, hated it. it. Right? Yep. And there's something about her not fighting it now and being able to say it herself and say like, yeah, what did she say? The, the big hurdle in our sessions was acknowledge like being able to feel sad and having sorrow for me as the trauma survivor. Oh right. my God. That's amazing that she got that. Yeah, totally. The general vibe of her and her noticing such changes, even though they're happening gradually and she's noticing that. Right. And that's partly our job or my job at this point. And, and again, I'm going to drill it into everybody's head, that Carl Rogers quote, that change seems to come about almost unnoticed. Our job as therapists is to notice that for our clients and then show it to them. And it's awesome. And it's funny. I almost just said it a second ago myself, and Sarah said it in the session. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that's why I'm like... Yeah. And then she said, yay. <laughs> I was right. like, oh my God, you're so cute. Right. And I was like, yeah, actually... It's not crazy, probably for the first mm -hmm. time in your life. It's actually yeah. not crazy. It is amazing. And I think she's really on her way and pretty awesome to hear that this change has come about naturally for her. Gradually. We didn't force her to change. We didn't dig something out. She's doing it at yep. her pace, which if you guys have been listening along, you can hear it. You can absolutely hear it in her. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Like you can actually hear it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Sarah, you're killing it. Amazing. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And you guys will hear more in weeks to come from Drew, from Sarah, from Mare, from me, maybe from Beckett. He'll he'll woof it up a little bit. And woof uh, it up. Right. And if y'all want to help us out, if you haven't already, review us. Meredith loves reading your reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, right Only before when we recorded nice. today, you're like, hey, do we have any new reviews? No. <laughs> No, not in a while. Only when they're nice. We can't screen them. They can absolutely pan us. So if you're going to no. write a bad review, don't do it. That's not yeah. true. You Just can kidding. Do, it. do you whatever can you want to do. We Feel empowered. Yeah. I'm not going to own your feelings. You can have your own feeling. You can Good own one, your Dougie. own. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. And we will it's be time. right back here for you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.